Welcome to Karma San Diego Podcast, where we talk all things San Diego awareness, activism, and ourselves. <laughs> My name is Kelly, and I'm Adriana, and we want to give you a warm welcome to our show. Sit back, relax, and grab yourself a creature comfort, and we'll do the same. How many pages of notes did you take for today's episode? Well, it's on my pooter. <laughs> on your new pooter? Um, but it's got like a lot of scrolling. I'd wow. Say like, I'd say like four big scrolls. Wow. That sounds like four big Those scrolls. Those bubbles are out have. of control. I would put the mic a little bit further down. Okay, I'll work on it. <laughs> Wow. Adriana got me blueberry lemonade water from Trader Joe's, and I am losing it. I know. It's so good. Guess what, Age? We have Dummy. segments. I know. Isn't that exciting? We're like a newscaster group of ladies. I don't I know wanted to what like I'm trying to say. Just be proud of our segments. This first part that we kind of like chit the chat, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be our rigmarole. <laughs> Because we're just rolling around. Riga. Having a great time. Around. Riga, we're rolling around. <laughs> I'm really into it. I love it. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, as good as I can be. You're wow. doing a great job. It's Thank okay. You, you can pull it, tug wow. it, bop it, I think. slap it. I think I like Right here. <laughs> I'm a tall lady. I got a lot of adjustments to make, whether I'm hopping on a bike, getting on the podcast, getting in my car, smack my knee on the dashboard. Ow. <laughs> that, that's Ow. the thing. It's so unforgiving. Like, when people get annoyed, like, about their adjustments in their seat, it's generally because it's not how they sit. But if you adjust it and you're a tall person, so I you <laughs> and Josh borrows my car, and doesn't put my seat back. I'm injured. Yeah. I have blood on my knee. There's this really sharp, like, freaky part of my dashboard that when I first got the car, I cut that part of my knee open three times. What? I'll show it to you, dog. It's just like a hard Tupperware vibe. And I loathe that. Just That's what happens when you're tall, man. You just smack into everything. And when I get in car accidents, which has happened a few times, my biggest complaint is whatever caves in hits my knees first. It's very painful. So I got um, not rear-ended. T-boned. There we go. Thinking of a steak. She got staked. I got staked. And my biggest complaint was like, yikes, my dashboard's on my kneecap. You they poor just, thing. They got to make some space for me, dog. So Yeah, anyway. it's like that. Airplanes. Oh, yes. Uh, I realize now. Those are small for everybody. I know. Oh, Dude, I can. I think they keep making them smaller now. I can't cross my legs. I have to actually do pigeon pose mm-hmm. in a seat. I have mm-hmm. to lift my knee up to my facha. Mm-hmm. Kick to the right, up and over. Hopefully someone I know. And be like, sorry, I'm crossing my leg. Yeah. And then down that crane goes on the other side. <laughs> I you remember being able to put the tray table down, mm. cross my arms, and sleep. Like, put my head down. Now the spacing is so close together. Dancing. You're like hunchback of Notre Dame. <laughs> like, fucking awkward-ass turt. 
awkward. I asked her, hey, you know what that reminds me of? Hmm. An announcement that we have to make that you know about that you just don't. I don't know if I Okay. Know. So for a long time, we've been talking about what do we call our podcasters that listen to us, remember? Oh, I've and been meaning to talk yes, about this. Yes, the same. It's long overdue. So dun 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 dun, dun back in... Our last season, we joked about little Sandeezies. You're not going to be little Sandeezies. You are in our hearts, though. We still call you that. You just don't know it. But we decided because when Age and I talk about the podcast, we say the pood. Like we, and if yeah. we say the pood for a couple of reasons. We're, we're talking poodle. Pood. Like, oh, let's go work on the pood. Mm-hmm. So we're going to call you little poods. <laughs> little poodles. Should little we poodle casters. Should we? <laughs> You're our little poo- poodle casters. You're our little poodle casters. Should we tell people why we talk about this poodle sitch? <laughs> Please hit him with some pood. Okay. So as you may remember, and if you don't know, <laughs> if this is your first time listening, Kelly and I have been friends for like over 15 years. And wow. we're both just like anxious, awkward humans. More so her than me. And for many a moon. Definitely me. <laughs> for many a moon, we have been calling each other anxious poodles. And it's just this thing that we do. You know, honestly, I can't really add much to it. It's just this. Every, I see it now, that shaky little poodle. Yeah, you know, you like chihuahuas are too tiny and if you've met kelly she's not a chihuahua no i'm definitely like a standard poodle yeah she's like big big so so you know she's this anxious pood and forever we have been that it's like our like league i'll be like oh my gosh i'm so antsy today and you'll be like oh you anxious little pood I think it's just the way we talk and just our weirdness. Like we want to work colliding. on the pood. Mm-hmm. Are you an anxious little pood? Yeah. Do you listen to poods? So you yeah. guys are now our little poods. <laughs> oh, little shaky guy. I hope you love it. I love you. I love little it too. Poods. Oh, that's P O O D S. Poods. <laughs> Don't mess that up with like. You just pooed. <laughs> With it, no apostrophes. No. No use. Just O's. Lots of O's. Oh. The collective is getting bangs, and so am I. What? Yeah. I love when you get bangs. I've always been a banger. It's and so cute. you know that meme and that joke going around that, like, 2021 is just, like, 2020 with bangs? And everyone's getting bangs now. But I truly... Gibbings. Are you going to chop all your hair off, too? Nay, nay. I am a little sad. Okay, so you know when you're about to get a haircut, so then your hair looks amazing, like the last day before you get it cut. Yep. And instead of thinking of it as a sweet farewell, it feels more like, fuck, maybe I shouldn't cut my hair. Yep. So that happened all week. It was just looking amazing. My hair's the longest it's been since I was a baby. Well, you know, <laughs> that doesn't sound long. That was like yesterday. My hair is the longest it's ever been as an adult, for sure. It's like... Down my back. No yeah, it's pretty fringe, long right now, I'd long, say. stringy, blondish, reddish, brownish hair. That's what's going on. <laughs> so I'm saying goodbye to it, and I'm getting bangs. But I normally do blunty bangs, like chop, chop. Are you going to get, like, 70s sexy Farrah Fawcett-ass yes. bangs? Yes. They're called curtain bangs. Love it. So it's like I already have, like, a middle part. 
So it's kind of like a middle part with bangs that go down like a triangle. I'm already on loving either it. side. Love it. My hair naturally dries very fastity. Um, now I have a few gray hairs, little gray hairs, and I still have the side of my head shaved. So I, I'm curious to see what new me who dis. But I'm gonna keep. <laughs> as, I always say keep as much as the length as possible, and I know it's dead. I, I think like, it'll look really good. Your I hair, like dead hair. Yeah, your hair also grows so fucking fast. Do you think? Yes, because the year, the year was 2017, and you cut all of your hair off for a costume, a Halloween costume, chopped it off. It was shorter than mine at the time, which is wild, because my hair is always short. Your hair was bob. By summer, your hair was titty (laughs) length. I gotta How, say, why we may never know. My hair grows so, so fast in that length, from that lane to that lane. It gets Wild. fast. It went. Now it's just straw it, paper. It grew like thirty inches <laughs> oh in God, like ten months. Dream. It did grow. It. You know what? Thanks for reminding me. You know what I did? I stopped cutting it, which sounds stupid, but I have been the like get a trim every eight weeks, get your hair done every eight or ten weeks for my whole life. My whole life. And I didn't get a haircut for three years. That's it. I cut my bangs. You once. also grew out your hair from like any dyes, air ting. Yes, I haven't dyed my hair since the week before I got married. That was the last time I said bleach me to all hell. And then I never dyed my hair. Well, I think so. I think I never dyed my hair again. Maybe a box. No. Perhaps. It's been a long time since I've seen your hair not the color it currently is. Natural. Yeah, I like my natural hair color. I think it looks the best on me, but I do love dyeing my hair. I just think it's tough when you love something. Like you love how this, you love this t-shirt. You know it's not flattering, but you love the t-shirt. Yeah, I mean, I like my hair blonde, and I shouldn't dye my hair blonde because it's so bad for you. But It just looks so good on you. But I don't like having brown hair. I hate my fucking brown hair. It's the worst. Wow. It's just, that's life. It's great to see you. Thanks. Your hair always looks fire. Thanks. It's crazy today. It's super cute. I'm trying to grow it out. <laughs> She's got a little boho clip at the top to make this little poofy with little hair. I feel like I'm circa 2012 right now. I love it. It's real nice. Mama Jeremy. Okay. I feel like I have 5,100 million things to say, <laughs> and I don't even know where to start. Are you going to start with the small business? Barrow, we're going to start with the small yeah, business. we remembered. We both remember. Let's do it. Okay. Let me tell you all about our small business today. Hey. Okay, so our small business is actually more of a person. His name is Carlos. He is a singer, songwriter, rapper, philanthropist, community gatherer, San Diego native. He's freaking awesome. He's really, really good friends wow. with Justin. Um, who is our producer, you know. And um, the reason I talk about Carlos today is because he is so prevalent in his community and he is constantly doing things that involve, like, outreaching to... He's an activist of the community. Absolutely. We love it, Carlos. He's awesome. He's the ally. He is... An ally of the black community. He has his own line of Black Lives Matters, Black Lives Matter shirts, which are in Spanish. So they're Vida Negra Importa. And they're really, really cool. He'll put like different um, people of color on the shirts. Very, very cool. Well, don't worry, we'll tag him, we'll show you. All of that's awesome. Yeah, he's really, really neat. 
Um, he has put on several Black Lives Matter events and has raised awareness and support to the people of color and our community. And I've gone to his events and they're always really cool and they're out even during covid he's made sure that they were like very low capacity everyone's got a mask on you know he's been doing he's everything ally. that he can he is the ally he truly is the <laughs> ally um he's also this. a rapper he i love his music he's awesome this is amazing um Yay. don't wait there's more <gasps> So I chose him today because he blends with our theme of today's podcast. And um, he is putting on an event in May. And I'm not really supposed to tell you guys too much about it because he hasn't released too much information about it yet. So this is a sneaky peek. So this is another sneak peek, y'all. But uh, the event is called Hope Fest. And it is in correlation with a program called Hope for Homeless, which it helps the homeless community here in San Diego. And it is a donation-based event where you can bring food, clothes, whatever, you know, necessities for homeless what people. What you can give, bring it. Whatever you can bring to give. And this year, the event will be on Kumeyaay land. Oh, my. So there will be musical artists, Physical, tangible artists, wow. food vendors. I'll be there as not your nanas. There's going to be lots of really cool stuff cool. going so on. San Diego local and then like indigenous native mm-hmm. based artists. Yep. So I. Cool. Yeah, it's going to be really cool, and I am unable to tell anymore. But. Well, I won't ask more questions about, <laughs> I was going to be like, where is it going to be? What is this Kumeyaay land? Tell me more. Tell I'll me tell more. you as soon we'll as get, I know. But we'll get there. Well, cool. It's awesome to hear about Carlos. And I yeah. look forward to seeing his art, his gear. And I've probably heard his music listening to Justin's oh, account. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'll be like, oh, that's Carlos. Mm-hmm. So cool. Oh, yeah. They're Yay. releasing a new album together very soon. So Yay. a lot of good stuff happening, but he is. We love Carlos. He to homie, so it's really nice to have him. Yeah, and promote that event. Oh, absolutely. Coming on up. <laughs> Events. What are those? <laughs> who are people? Who, are, who, what, who and what? what and where? What? So today we the theme is uncovering the histories of Kumeyaay land, mm-hmm. and. I feel like the niche that makes ours different than you straight up reading about it history online is that we grew up in like white colonized Catholic school. Yep. So we were raised with no awareness of this and we did dress up like pilgrims and Indians through in grade school. Like we're, I'm trying to explain the level that we were raised with um, because the histories of the indigenous peoples of this area is not new. No. It has been blanketed and hidden from new generations to hide it. And so I think the hardest part about learning about the histories of San Diego is that most white San Diegans and transports, if you will, that aren't indigenous to this area don't know the histories, don't know the hate, because we're not taught it. It is hidden. Mm -hmm. It is erased. And we're going to get a little bit more in depth on that as well. And once we get to like certain points, we'll talk about how we were raised to think a completely different thing or that we were taught something completely different. 
So um, we chose to focus on the Kumeyaay tribes because they're the most prevalent ones in what we now call San Diego County. Mm-hmm. But obviously the amount of tribes that were in this area, it's one of those questions where, well, it used to not be California and it used to not be owned by white people and it used to be Mexico and all sorts of different... It's been many a thing. It's been many things. So when you get nitpicky on like... Whose did this used to be? And even adding ownership to those things is not the native way. Yep. The native way is to respect the land and to leave it the way it was left. And yep. the fact that this land was preserved for 10,000 years by the Kumeyaay people, and then white people came in and ruined all of it in 250 years, 300 years, has been sickening. So it, it, it is a bit of a uh, shocker. I mean, growing up here, um, knowing... A little bit about Kumeyaay. Am I saying it right? You are. Okay. About Kumeyaay indigenous people and their land and all of that. We do learn about it. You, It's inevitable, you mm. know. Um, however, now as an adult, rereading the history, my mind was fucking blown. <laughs> totally. Me too. And um, it's almost like I had the awareness and tools as an adult and a more conscious-minded person. Yeah. And I'm comparing it to what I was taught, what I was raised, and then, like, missed opportunities. Totally. For, like, the truth. Totally. Especially when you love San Diego and the beauty that it has to offer. Yeah. And you learn the true histories of this land. It, I weep for Same. Uh, this. My heart is heavy because of it. So you mentioned how to pronounce Kumeyaay. Yes, because I get it wrong every time. I wanted to... Um, trip out that it means like human. It means like people. That's cool. Kumiai. And that there are um, other tribe names that are kind of encompassed in Kumiai. And one is Degeno. Uh, Degeno's. Yes. Which is what uh, Mexicans or like people of like Mexican descent. Uh, right when colonization first took place, the Kumiais mm-hmm. were called Degeno's. So I heard of Degeno only because of the school up in Encinitas. There's like a elementary school called Degeno. Yeah, like. Um, but like I, I these are all words that I've kind of heard, but it's not made clear. Mm-hmm. And I blame one myself for now. I can fully educate myself and do all the work that we've done, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have some, like, criticisms for Western civilization, the class that we took, that I learned nothing. (laughs) Well, um, I'm going to just say everybody should grab your backpacks because we're going to take you to school right now, okay? (laughs) Grab your backpacks. Grab your rulers. Grab your lighters. And grab your lighters. We are going to light up a little bit to ease the tension of (laughs) what is going to be this fucking episode. I swear to God. swear to God. Golly. So we are going to be smoking a little bit of Eagle Scout. Wow. I love the word eag. Why not? It's great. We love an eag. I wrote down the word eagle for this podcast. Wow. I wrote down the um, most significant animals that are in the storytelling of the Kumeyaay peoples. And the eagle is one of them. Of the five that I wrote down. Wow. And there are a lot of eagles around here. See them all the time. Oh, yes. So, I, to be honest, I really don't know where to start, and I've written so many notes. And yeah. some of the things that I just, like, 
to bring you into like the now, I just want to let you all know that comfortability is a luxury that not everybody has. And living in the times that we are in now, especially with the pandemic and um, so many businesses closing <laughs> and people losing their jobs, um, <coughs> the idea of feeling comfortable is kind of at a loss right now. And if you have felt impacted by the pandemic in any way, shape, or form, this is like the most minuscule feeling of what the Kumiai tribe, Kumiai tribe, Kumiai. Kumiai. I fuck up every time. A for effort and trying. That's all we must do. There's so many language adaptations we have to do this year. So we're just getting comfortable and basically our best. Yeah. What I was saying was just like, we are experiencing like the most minuscule version of uncomfortability that the Kumiai tribe had experienced with the literal stealing of their land. And deceit. And oof, oof the deceit. Oof, the lies. Um, oof. What's crazy about being a San Diegan is we read about these places and what they were formerly called, and now it's like, mm-hmm. now called yeah. El Capitan Reserve. Mm-hmm. That's a place we all hike that used to be someone's home. Mm-hmm. It's things like that. Um, Torrey Pine State Beach was also a very sacred ceremonial site, and I'm like, I took a picture with my dog there. Yeah. You know? A lot of San Diego what it is now was the perfect location for these tribes because you could farm, you can be near water so you can fish. Um, The terrain is not super intense, so you don't have like extreme of any season. So it was like perfect for these tribes because they were, well, when settlers eventually founded this land this land they were so like behind the times you know what I mean like they were living in the cavemen times and the settlers from gosh what year was it when I well 1542 ish you know they have boats and weapons and clothes and the Kumie didn't have any of those things so, they had this perfect science and balance for mm-hmm. what their community needed. And when it was ab- abrupted by other people, it couldn't, it wasn't sustainable. Like they were running out of water because there were too many people because that's not how they had irrigated or prepared for. I actually, I wanted to read a very beautiful description of who the Kumeyaay people are that I found very um, thought provoking. Get wild. The Kumeyaay are hunters and gatherers, astronomers. Marine biologists, chemists, and physicists who read the stars, predicted the change of season, and used natural materials to create rock art. I love it. I got all of my stuff today from viejasbandofkumiai.org. Awesome. I got all of my information on kumiai.info slash history. Um, Just to give you a little bit of like how long they have been here. So they've been here in San Diego for 12,000 years, which is 600 generations, which is more than 9,000 years before the pyramids. 
Just let that sink in. Okay? Wow. Long time. I think it's also important to note that there is no river at the San Diego River right now. So most Mm -hmm. of us don't think of it as that. But the 8 Freeway is the San Diego River. Mm -hmm. So that used to be um, a very prominent river that's very important in the history of San Diego. Because all of that. Prime fishing. Yeah, and that's how they um, sent stuff down down uh, the flume word of the day. Did you come across that word? No. In your research? Do you know what a flume is? No, don't. Oh, me. my gosh. Well, I think the oh, best me, except thing. The only thing I can think of is the band, but right? I know it's that's wrong. That's what I thought of, too. And, but the cover of flumes is a, like, kind of a plume of smoke. But a flume is like... Think of like when you go to a water park and you like go on those rides where you're on a log and you go like shoot down the river. Okay. That's a flume. Oh, like uh, Splash Mountain? Yeah. Those are some flumes. <laughs> and so if you're living in East County, you put your shit down the flume and wow. down it travels to the sea. Sick. Dispersing things. Could you imagine being on your boat going down the San Diego River and how motherfucking gorgeous that must have been? Like... On oh your, and now it's transients, a, a freeway, severe, horrible drug trolley problems, dirt, filth, sadness, despair. It floods every year. Ugh. Like the energy of the valley is, is bad. Bad. They put malls. They put malls where the flumes were. It's awful. Word of the day. That's a good word of the day. That's a great word. So, um, thank you. We're gonna jump into 1542. (laughs) That's one of the dates I noticed was very important. It's one that we all hear about. Yes, because the Spanish had an expedition led by San Rodriguez Cabrillo. What is now the Cabrillo National Monument used to be. Not his port. Not his anything. So we have to keep reminding ourselves that there are monuments, freaking statues erected for these people who, quote unquote, founded this area. And we're going to continue to... um, These are not peoples that should be celebrated. No, and it, it you know it really fucking sucks because don't you think the indigenous peoples are supposed to be celebrated? Yeah, you know I'm how I confused. found out about Kumie land was that I saw that the eight freeway is named after them, <clears throat> and I was like, wait, what? The Kumia freeway. Yeah, and that's insanity. That's insane. That's the only option they have. That's all they get. Think of it as your third Kumia. Maybe that'll help you. Because I just keep fucking up. No, uh, fucking up is a rough, rough term. I'm trying to be historically accurate. I know. I had a lot of fun pressing this button in different voices of people pronouncing things. Because I like listening all the time. Because rigmarole, you click on it, it's like rigmarole. Then you click on the man, rigmarole. <laughs> and then you click on the kid, and it's like rigmarole. Oh I gosh. love, anyway tangent no i love it i i have so many notes kelly i i like truly don't even know where to go for real they um the first peoples that greeted these spanish expedition 
people mm-hmm. were the kumiai. Mm-hmm. And think about that. You're just at your house, chilling, and you see pirates. And they're white as hell. They haven't eaten and probably think how grouchy grouch pants these people are. Sick, bringing diseases. Mm-hmm. I learned something very interesting because there are historians from Mexico that have uh, an account of what happened. And then there are like white American accounts. Mm-hmm. And then there are Native American accounts. Mm-hmm. like three different parties. And in the historical notes, that's much more detailed from Mexico than from here. That makes sense. And one of the notes, a scholar from America met up with a scholar from Mexico and noticed what were the missing pieces. Mm -hmm. And one of them was that when these horrible, horrible people arrived and saw their great pastures of um, grain, they had cattle Mm -hmm. with them and they thought this is perfect for cattling. And the grain is unknown. Interesting. It's a grain that was probably indigenous to here that they meticulously curated with like specific burns and rituals wow. to keep it alive. And it and white people came here and they were like, that is meant to be grazed on and it grows naturally. And they were like, no, this is a science that they let me show you. And the cows ate it all. And that we don't know what that grain is to this day. We don't know what. That's insane. And I, you can see it. Like, think of yourself standing, like, I don't know, somewhere near OB, looking down the crack of San Diego, like, towards Mission Hills and mm-hmm. seeing rolling hills of, like, something. They said it was, like, small and fuzzy and green. And Sounds like the coronavirus. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Crunchy. I'm just kidding. Um... I find it really funny. I, funny is a loose term. <laughs> that um, our world was just built on like just pure greed and like stealing. And it's crazy to think that where we are now, you know, things seem semi more civilized because we have technology and modern plumbing and all that shit. But if you kind of think about it, like we're still fucking barbarians. We're still greedy. We still are super savage. We are still living in a time where there is the richest of the rich and people are so poor. They don't even have homes. They're so poor. They don't even have food on their tables, but we're living in the richest, most, um, like abundance type of life ever. Um, and we constantly learn about these explorers in school and they are made to seem like heroes, like people who are in search for gold, silk and spices because their countries didn't have any of those things because a lot of the, the countries that these explorers came from, you know, England, let's think about it. Cold, wet, rainy, not a lot of farming can go along there. Um, yes, a lot of money, um, a lot of land, but because you can't do as much farming there, um, they like had the to... The thought behind it was to share, but it went 
Real well, south. Went well, real don't bad. you think that, like, in school they say that they came here to be friendly, to share, like you just said. But then when I'm reading, I'm you, like, it's not sharing. You're fucking stealing. Like, totally. you're... <laughs> totally. Yeah, they made it sound like, well, they brought us the silk, so we gave them salt. Yeah. This isn't, like, your friendly neighbor. <laughs> like, you just... Sh- that would be as if some random person came into your house... Stole everything out of your refrigerator, stole everything in your home, took your baby and, like, dipped the fuck out. And you're just like, huh? Like, what? Then there was, like, the Spanish-American War where two people, Americans and Spanish, fought over land that wasn't theirs. Yeah. Which was the Kumeyaay peoples and the Native Americans. And (laughs) on top of it, like— that's No one said that that war was over something that was both not theirs. Exactly. No one. And— for some reason, my life we, is a lie. <laughs> our life truly is a lie, and like the idea of like enslaving humans is no, nothing new. That's that's been around since biblical times, and we know that's even further back. You know, it's just um, really wild to think that we have kind of come far when low key our life is still kind of the same, just more technology. Really, we need to. It's so even, it's so humbling to, we need to preserve and restore these peoples. Mm -hmm. This history is gone. It was pillaged and burned and taken. And we don't deserve access to it. No, we are on stolen land. Mourning. One hundred. Completely mourning what has gone on. You know what else I read that was like so fuckity fucked? There's a badass museum, a couple museums that I hope are, you know, open for us to go check out. I know with COVID, everything hadn't been updated recently, so Mm -hmm. who knows what access we have. But at some of the, um, like near Barona, for example, there is a historical museum where they have tons of artifacts. I think it's like a thousand acres of artifacts to look at. I'm like, wow, I've never heard of this museum. This is awesome. I want to go take me there. And then it said like a list of all the things that they have. And one of it said one of them said baskets loaned to them by the sand by the Museum of Man. Get the fuck out. So the Museum of Man, who probably like stole those things. I don't know. Wow. Is lending, letting the peoples who created the basket keep it in their museum for now. I'm not even gonna <laughs> and the irony is that the Museum of Man's name has recently been changed to the Museum of Human. Really? Yes. And they, and Kumiai means like loosely, human. Like, like to translate it, like a pe- peoples and human. And so I thought it was so like the irony of like, we'll let you have these baskets for like a little bit. It's like, wow. That's probably why they put it there in parentheses, like to make it a point like, these are baskets, let's be clear. Someone's letting us borrow them. Wow. Probably. I, they probably know, like, have cause to. Because, like, what else are they going to do? Yeah. I don't know. I just thought that was really interesting. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. Maybe the Museum of Human does support Native Americans. I'm going to. You would like to think that. I would like to think that, but I've been completely wrong because Adriana and I were raised in an environment where, in fourth grade, 
you do the mission project. Ooh, girl, I was literally about to talk about that. Oh my gosh, perfect. Take me there. Take me there. It was the it was the most litty titty part of the year. Everyone goes all fucking out. I have a crazy story about that. Like, meet me after school to help work on my mission. Okay. I don't even know where to start. At Michael's. Fuck, where do we start? Okay, first of all, if you went to my school, you were in my grade, fourth grade, no joke, we had 12 substitute teachers that year. Oh! Our teacher was taking care of her mom. So, fourth grade did not exist for my class. Like you just didn't go to school. We went to school and fucked off every day. I didn't learn anything. Fifth grade, we had to learn everything double time Mm -hmm. because... We had a new teacher almost every single week. Um, it really takes one teacher to fuck up a whole level of like. It was really kids. bad, and we we did have the mission um, project because that's like what you do in fourth grade. But it was much more minuscule uh, than what our school had made it to be uh, over the years. Because I remember kind of looking forward to it because I grew up on Mission de Alcala land. Which um, I'm going to tell you all a little bit about. So right we're now. growing up thinking these are these lovely, peaceful churches, mm-hmm. God, religion, and we all take turns taking this mission that is made out of styrofoam when you buy it in a kit, and you make it on probably like a three by two foot cardboard platform, and you, you decorate it. it for weeks. Mm-hmm. So you, your parents totally help you, and you make it like balls to the wall, but you also want to make it look exactly like one of the, what, 21 missions mm-hmm. to choose from. And most people choose the missions that are close to San Diego, but sometimes you get assigned, like, the obscure one. So some people buy the kits, of course, like, you know, my stepdad's, like, building me one. And you meticulously work on it, and you take turns bringing them because it takes up so much space in class. Yes. It takes up, like, the whole— Your desk and a half. It's essentially gingerbread houses for Catholics. Totally. And, of course, a a paper. Of course, there's a paper included. Yes, and you present. You all get to present. Mm -hmm. It's lit. Yes. So I'm going to tell you. (laughs) It's so lit, I'm going to tell you right now. We're going to light a fire. This is what we thought, yeah. Okay, so 1769. So we're jumping ahead a few hundred years after Cabrillo made a little settlement. 1769, um, a combination of explorers, soldiers, and missionaries made their way onto Kumie land. Um, And that area is also known as Old Town uh, now, um, and also like Presidio Hill, Presidio Park kind of area, which is like pretty much the oldest part of San Diego. That's where like the oldest homes are. Um, And if you... Lots of history. If you do go into Old Town, you will see quite a bit of indigenous um, artwork and, um, like, homes and structures. Rock and art, all sorts of things. Tons tons and tons of things. So, um, the same year, 1769, um, a Spanish missionary named Junipero Serra came to town. <laughs> 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 and uh, Mr. Hunip came to town. Growing up in the church that I was raised in, um, he was known as pretty much a hero. Um, he was 
totally. A he good had, guy. He was a the very, good guy. He had founded the Mission de Alcala. He's the one who brought Jesus. He brought Christianity to all the way up the coast California. of California. Yeah. And there's these like mission candy cane mm-hmm. in the sky. Yeah. So these are little kids decorating small versions of colonizers' churches that were built on pillage, raped, stolen, killed land people. Yeah. And we parade them around like little brainwashed trophies and celebrate these buildings resurrected instead of people. Yes. It's like a cult movie, but in real life. Dude, my mind... Okay, I kind of just want to like straight up read what I had because... Please do. This was really hard for me to read and really hard for me to swallow because I was so proud of where I had grown up. And I had already known some of this. So the current building of Mission de Alcala is not the original building. It had been burned down a few times by Kumiai. Kumiai. I've said it wrong a thousand times. My apologies to everybody. It'll stick. It'll stick. Um indigenous people many times and it had the way we were taught it was like as if they were rebellious they didn't want to learn christianity they were not welcoming to um the missionaries that were coming here to san diego to pushing their agenda on exactly sorry no you're good but um Excuse me, I have a new microphone today. I'm flip-flopping it all around my face. Um, so there was an ep- expedition that was put into place for Father Junipero Serra to um, establish a chain of missionaries all along the West Coast. That was his job, and his job was to build good relationships with these indigenous tribes and basically gain their cooperation to find... Um, cities of gold to find wealth to find uh, land for um, growing you know herbs veggies you name it and um, that kind of gives you like this narrative in your head especially when you're younger like you know these explorers trying to make friends and it's like Thanksgiving and the pilgrims and the Indians and then you kind of dig a little bit deeper And we see that um, all of this was done in the name of Christianity and they were forcing these indigenous people into slave labor. They were forcing them to convert to a religion that they didn't believe in. And completely disrespecting these peoples. There's actually one one of the things I learned and wanted to mention was that Indians were portrayed as savage. And because of that, we actually yes. shouldn't be using that word. Yes. And that um, like when describing peoples or um even using it lightly and we love a rihanna and we love the vibe behind what the word savage means but there's a lot of words we literally have used every day like tribe mm-hmm. or like when you meet with one another and you say powwow like it's really you know what it's really disrespectful to like completely walk all over 
pillage, ruin, and destroy someone's culture completely and then just take the parts that you like from it mm-hmm. and just have like a little mix in your life with the language. So that has been a conscious effort for me, like out of respect for those rituals and what they mean. I use them when I'm talking about them, when mm-hmm. I'm talking about tribes or bands mm-hmm. or talking about ritualistic powwows, but no longer am I like, hey, like, do you want to like go have a little powwow? Yeah, we can't say that. We can't. Nay, no, nay. No. Nay, nay. So no, what no. you can do, I know that there's like a lot of powerless feelings, but a lot of it is just the awareness part and being aware of who's receptive to having those conversations, like, and who um, is willing to participate because I'm so curious like, so, so, so curious. And it's really hard to live in a world where people actually aren't. They literally don't care. And no. they have a completely different, like... Just closed off completely. Com- like, like com- don't give a fuck. completely don't care. And I'm, like, shocked and, and horrified and absolutely need to do something other than just process it on our podcast. But rather, like, we have a Catholic niche that's huge in San Diego of... Needing to just have an aha moment of what used to be mm-hmm. and that we truly were brainwashed and taught something completely different. Absolutely. And I, you know, I don't really know where it started because the teachers we have are, have a heart of gold most of the time or mm-hmm. like. Or we're nuns. Yeah, totally. Like, so there's, there's. You want to believe them because they have made a sacrifice to God They have... You can see the God in these people. Yeah. But you don't believe in what they're saying. Mm -hmm. It's really something. Talk about a mind trip. And having, like, having to keep our mouths shut and be respectful of the Catholic Church the whole time when, like, perhaps, like, that has never been demanded of anyone else's life or culture. And I'm pretty disgusted, Adriana. Dude, same. I, 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 wrote I say down, your name three times a year. <laughs> I'm upset. I think I wrote It's Absolutely Disgusting like six I times in did, my I notes. I seriously did too. I'm just, um, I, what is going on? I think that. I am disgusted. I literally wrote it right here. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> it, it, it blows my mind um, that not only is San Diego like stolen land, most of the world is. Um, we are not the only people living on fucked up land. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there are so many other parts of the world that have experienced similar, if not worse situations. And we are just, we need to the, take a look at that. History. Tiny tip of the iceberg, like straight up. And we are just trying to create awareness and, you know, that's kind of like one of the purposes of this show. And I'm starting to notice, especially with everything that's going on the, in the world, my my group of people that I hang out with has gone from a double digit to a very single <clears throat> digit number of people totally. I spend my time with. Because unfortunately, I don't think that people give a fuck about anything else but themselves. And you can really <laughs> see a lot of selfishness. And we're going to talk about this at another time, but I notice it with waste, with like the way people waste and with their things. And that's how I know I can't be your friend or I can't be part of your life. I snaps for Adriana, (laughs) but really you 
tantalize me with your eco-friendliness. I like get off on eco-friendliness. My whole business is based off of eco-friendliness. And having friends that get litty titty on eco-friendliness is so um, rewarding. Mm -hmm. And it's the very least I can do. My heartstrings get pulled so I could like start crying about recycling. I don't know (laughs) if anyone else is like that. But little teaser, we are going to have a full episode on being an eco beach. It's going to be dope. It's going to be so good. Dope on a rope. Should we tell people more wild shit that happened? I would love to. Can I, like, let's, like, spice it up with, like, a little something in the middle. Okay. An Instagram account I want you to all follow. Tell me. Kumiai Defense Against the Wall. Cool. Tell me about it. The peoples that have gathered against the Trump wall that is being built across indigenous lands. Beautiful, sacred, gorgeous desert Space. space. These are people who peacefully pray in protest in front of construction workers and make their life hell and fight the best that they can in ungodly amounts of heat using prayer. It's humbling. It's infuriating. And there's, it needs to be in your feed because it's home. It's our backyard. And I don't know what pulls at your heartstrings, but I know that the blissfully ignorant don't like that wall. No San Diegan wants that wall. No. I I know there's Nazis in San Diego, but it's, (laughs) I mean, like, it's beautiful, gorgeous land. What are you doing? It's like the pipe drilling in other indigenous areas. It's like, what are you doing? That is hideous. Greed. Dumbassness. So go follow that Instagram account right now. I also think that you as a human being should follow accounts regardless of what you feel you should follow accounts on your Instagram that kind of make you uncomfortable and that make you think because if you're going to spend let's just say three hours of your day I know that sounds like a lot but you should check your time and see how much you're on your phone it's probably longer than that if you're going to spend about three hours of your day on your phone you should uh, educate yourself Mm -hmm. a little bit or um, you know truly shed some light at least give it a go life. and not just like once or twice. Like p- I try to put something in my feed for a month or two at least to test the waters of like it being in my feed. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important to find your modern day news. We used to have to rely on TV and the newspaper only. Unnecessary. And that is why we have brainwashed people today. But what you can do is make your own news source your own San Diego news source. You should be following things that you believe in and don't believe in so that you can get unbiased opinions totally. and you should be able to think for yourself. I I obviously am an advocate for following the people that I believe in, but I'm still going to have somebody or a few people that I don't um, have the same beliefs in because I want to get their opinions and I want to see if I can relate or not relate or if I can defend my side, whatever have you, you shouldn't be one-sided. You should be a completely well-rounded human being with your beliefs and education. And when you're going to fucking talk about something and you're going to post about something, you better have some information to back that up. I'm all for having people that I don't agree with in my life 
when all other regular expectations are met, which is them being respectful ass people mm-hmm. because I respect your opinion when I respect you. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't align with me and we can still talk and listen, that's – but then – but then – we go past just opinions, opinions on things that don't affect us because we're privileged. When we're just talking about actual oppression, mm-hmm. actual problems, your actions and what you do every day directly affect the people around you. So I've got some high standards. Mm-hmm. Same. Real high. Some of the creatures that are in Kumi's stories told Ooh, around the tell fire. Me. There's a story that I'll link in our blog that talks about a mother sitting down and telling a story around a fire of how things come to be. And there's like a series of animals. And then there's also this like image of a pre-planned burn in the now San Diego, you know, area, Kumeyaay land. And they did that so that when all of the food on four feet ran away from the fire, they were able to eat. Wow. So not only was it a planned burn, but then they were smart and tactical with That's cool. um, how they caught animals. And it goes into saying how we call them animals and humans, but they called them more like mortals and creatures. That's cool. And like <clears throat> it's more sacred. Everything's everything's very sacred and has deep meaning, which I'm sure resonates with many people. And um, the red ant, the badger, the wildcat, coyote, eagle, and quail. Wow. Those were the most prominent that stuck out in the storytelling. That's cool. Yeah. So... I wrote them down. I like that. I like those animals. Um, Quail. It's a California state bird. Quails are funny. They are? Things. Yeah. I didn't know that. Aren't they? I don't know. Oh, my gosh. Am I totally wrong? Now I'm feeling self-conscious. Yeah. You'll find out it? next no. week on Great Housekeeping. No, it's got to be the California quail. It's a state bird. And then the bird of our nation is an eagle? Perhaps. Or is it the bald eagle? We may never know. Oh, my gosh. Where's our intern? Our intern should be here Googling. <laughs> I know. Um, Goals. It's got to be a quail, dude. We'll I, look it up. I feel naked. Don't you worry. We'll we'll check. We'll check. So, Gracie, let me tell you about some <laughs> stolen shit. So, we're just going to throw out some craziness. Ready? The Spanish, remember, Gabriel, stole... San Diego from the Kumeyaay, 1776 to 1810, okay? Then the Mexicans came in, stole San Diego from the Spanish during the Mexican War of Independence, 1810 to 1821. And then San Diego was taken by, like, quote-unquote Californians, like, just oh. people and like U.S. like the United States is after that. Like it, it's just constant stealing. Taking, taking, like taking. these are like you said earlier, fighting over land that's not yours. Literally stealing land from and these people more just get pushed further back and absolutely away. So, um, let's see. 
<laughs> the peoples, the indigenous people said we need the San Diego River to properly get the water that we need for our families. And the San Diegans were like, okay, we're going to build a dam. Yeah, pretty much. And they did. And, and it's the El Capitan Reserve. Yeah. And so, thus, they had no water and they mm-hmm. died. Yeah, so... They just starved them out in their own land. There were, like, over 150,000 Kumeyaay uh, people in the San Diego County area, give or take this general vicinity. Um, by the time... All this BS had happened, which is around 1846 is kind of when it started becoming into um, United States government territory and under their rule. There was about a thousand left. That's only like a couple hundred years. That's disgusting. They wiped that shit out. Disgusting. It's awful. Wiped. Clean. Think of how beautiful the USA is. And what you the imagery of what the USA gives you, and then you realize that 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 what that beauty was like untouched, surrounded by people who actually respected it and didn't give it a label or a name. They didn't claim it the United States, and the 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 sick fuckness of using the word United. You know what I mean? Like the yeah, lang- it's like salacious. It's it, yes, ugh. the, ugh, the yeah, it re- truly is the language that was part of the brainwashing that we've gone through because it gives you this false sense of like unity, like the word democracy, or mm-hmm. like you hear words like that and you think that it it means something. Like the resolution, the Spanish American War resolution was mm-hmm. that sounds like a resolution, but what if the resolution was to kill off people? Which is essentially what the goal was for finding California and finding San Diego. Because it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. It's a gold mine. It's like Hollywood. It's like. It's everything people make movies about. Like it's fucking everything you dream about. People dream of living here. People save up all of their savings to move here. Think Think of living in a place like fucking. I don't know, it's- Scotland, Finland, where it's rainy, dreary, rain clouds over your GD house every goddamn day. <laughs> and you're like, I guarantee there's got to be somewhere else along I- these parts that is much nicer. There's got to be. And instead of going on a lovely vacation and visiting San Diego, they're like, you know, this is ours now, actually. We're going to take so this. It's so disgusting that the the most helpful and impactful thing that can be done even is like people don't even know Mm -hmm. if people knew I really do have faith in humanity but like when you talk about reparations and you talk about like undoing what's been done it it sickens me how much needs to be done and there's there's nothing there's no amount of money there's no reparation there's no like um, nothing. They don't care. nothing that can take back the pain and the sorrow of Absolutely all of not. the people that have died in such a malicious and horrible way. Um, it's very disgusting. Do you ever think that this was, like, something that was supposed to happen? Or do you think that humans are even capable of being courteous to each other when it comes to, like, finding new lands? Because 
like I said earlier, this isn't anything new. This like fucking happens all the time in history. That's and how it's manifesting modern day now with greed and literally people buying houses, kicking people out, absolutely getting evicted. These are those are the modern day, um, or like Section Eight housing getting torn down for big metropolis buildings. Like mm-hmm. it happens now in modern day. Mm-hmm. In, we think of it in business terms, but it's just a, yeah. Um, these big corporate companies are coming in, you know, buying up all the b- restaurants that are closed right now. All these big corporate businesses are gonna buy them up, and there's gonna be more Starbucks, more yeah. McDonald's, more of all this bullshit on you the corners, what? and all your mom and pop <clears throat> shops are gone, gone. To answer your question, I do think that it is possible for this world peace that we that crave like it's possible for. Um, the ugly side, the model of this story <laughs> to prevail. But I think that we need to look to inspiration from other countries that are doing it better, mm-hmm. working with the same histories that we have, like very parallel, um, disgusting histories. Like we come from a malicious history oh, yeah. of war and deceit and lies. And now we're in this modern world and I think this is the pivotal moment. Mm-hmm. And I think we do feel doomed because in the U.S. it very well, very well could be doomed. I mean, we're on like the brink of like some sort of third civil war of some sort. We are a very Versus divided like, country at the moment. You go to a different country and they're happy. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just generalizing or dismissing that people don't have problems elsewhere. I'm saying literally statistically with gun violence, with health care, with um, vacation days, with paternity leave with um, the housing crisis health health breath the the air they literally breathe all of it it's better bad. like it's better in other places mm-hmm. than it is here mm-hmm. like here it's horrible mm-hmm. and like finland and sweden and all these other places they have amazing statistics yeah we can learn their quality of life is so much higher and I think it can be done. Big corporate America has purposely made sure that our quality of life stays mediocre. Like, they give you this idea of, like, what freedom is by, like, having a job, feeling comfortable in that job, and, like, going up that corporate ladder, being able to afford a home, and, like, owning one home. And then also that you, like, have to do that to survive. Exactly. Like, that's the model that works, and anything else is, like, good luck, bro. And it's, like... They constantly try to scare you like, oh, owning a business is so scary. Buying multiple properties is so, so scary. We're all, like we're all being stolen from now because when you're buying land, like quote unquote buying land, do you ever trip out on that? Like you think you own like yes, I know you bought this house and it's three acres. You think and you own this? And you think you own it and you paid for it and it's yours. But like have you ever just sat there and like trip on this? Like you think you own that dirt. <laughs> like the earth, like you think you own a part of the earth, like do or do you have that understanding? Like, ha ha, this is all like kind of a joke because like you don't own earth, Mm-mm. you don't own the land. Mm-mm. I was reading how so many um, native cultures are so adamant about not profiting off of the land. So you grow your own veggies, so you eat them and you gift them to other people, but you don't just sell them and have supermarkets of excess to exploit the land. Mm -hmm. So even like Trader Joe's or Whole Foods or something is very much so not culturally aligned with the ancestors of this land because it's 
disrespecting the earth. Even grocery stores in general. If you go to a grocery store in another country, they do not look as abundant as ours do here. They They have— They run out of things. They run out of (laughs) shit. They have what they have for the day. Nothing is perfect. We literally have a company here in America called Imperfect Foods because grocery stores will not take them. Yeah. Just just let that sink in. That's a trendy thing where you get imperfect foods to get ugly, a.k.a. regular produce. Regular ass carrots. And they're called imperfect. Isn't, Isn't that-, that funny? Imperfect? Because we have vet, like, there's nothing wrong with that produce. Like, can you, like, trip on that? So, imperfect foods, and it's just straight up food. So in culinary school, one of the things that I really, really disliked was the perfectionism in fine dining. Oh, like presentation and stuff. And like the waste. Because mm. to cut something so precisely like um, like a julienne cut in a carrot, you have to take off so much of the carrot. And they're not need... saving it for pulp to feed their dogs. No. They're most of it, it out. <laughs> I mean, there are some restaurants here in San Diego, like Kettner Exchange and like other restaurants that will use other parts of that to make it into something else, which I think is dope. And like, there are restaurants that are, that's not a fine dining place, but it's a little bit more upscale than, you know, hoedads. (laughs) But, um, if you're a business that wastes, I don't fucks with you. It's just, um, to me, it it hurt my, it hurt my heart to be cutting these carrots and to take the, to take the stem off, to take the tip off, to have the middle part, because you need that middle part to cut very perfect little matchsticks, the most perfect pieces of matchsticks, and everything else, toss it. You know what you could do with that? You can make pesto with the, the carrot tops, the greens. You can use the rest of the carrot butts in a stock, put some water and all those carrot butts and all your other butts in a stock with some herbs. Let it you cook. You could just eat it like a You carrot. could just eat it because it's a carrot. You could give it to your horse. There's just so many things <laughs> that I found really um, disheartening when I was in school because I felt that there was so much waste. So I know that this is something we will touch on in another episode but that's like one of the things in my business is like waste is like not an option for nah. me like at all there is as minimal waste as I could yes. possibly allow for it makes other business and life decisions easier once you've decided that you're not going to be wasteful because you look at every challenge like okay how am I going to use this and mm-hmm. how am I going to do this mm-hmm. instead of thinking should I do this I don't have time for the shoulds anymore. Like, if I'm sitting there and I'm like, should I save this three cups of coffee for ice cubes for a later day? That means do that because you know you feel wrong dumping it. Mm -hmm. And if you're asking yourself if you should and then you, like, sit there and you say, no, that's a waste. I might not use them. Just do it. Just do it. Or make a nice coffee. (laughs) So really on every level – we need to improve. We really the mor- do. The moral of this chat. I wonder what we'll name the episode. Fuck all y'all. <laughs> That's what I'm going to call it. Yeah. I, I think that I, you know, getting older and seeing just the way I was raised to, like, not be super wasteful on a lot of things. And then I am wasteful in other things that. <laughs> you crack me up. You know what I mean? I like, do. I was super wasteful in some stuff. Like, my mom would wash 
Ziploc bags. And I'm like, what? And now here we are, washing Ziploc bags. And I, like, thought it was the craziest thing. And I don't know, man. I feel like our earth is not going to withstand all the BS we're giving it right now. And I think that's why I'm so um, passionate about it. Because we've done so much to, like, hinder our country, and it has started on such bad terms. We have work to do. We have a lot of work to do, so we're continuing to work hard, and... We might have to undo some of the fuckery of the people's past and take responsibility. Absolutely. here we are, stepping up to the plate. To continue with greed... Oh, my goodness. Um, so you guys have all heard of the California gold rush. It was wild. (laughs) Right? 1848, people are coming to California. They're like, there's gold everywhere. Well, it brought 300,000 people to California, pouring in from every crevasse for seven years, okay? Growing the population, changing everything, invaders from basically space coming to steal everything from the indigenous people. Dying on the way to get there. Fucking diseases. On the trail. Eating people. Moldy potatoes. It's real bad. No teeth, a lot of greed. Real bad. Panning for gold. AKA stealing from the land. So we just have stealing to keep remembering. <laughs> so you're telling me we could think about think about seeing natural gold and leaving it where it is. And we just wear it. Mhm. You make me sick. So the gold rush not only was another form of greed in our peoples, it was another form of just blatant genocide to the Kumai, Kumiai peoples, like, just killing. They are just purely killing them. They it's don't disgusting. even care. They are just wiping it clean. They are trying to create, you know, communities now at this point. These are more established peoples with weapons and uh, more modern, uh, quote-unquote, technologies, whatever, in that time they had. And... uh they don't want anything to do with these That's people. They think that like weapons are more and violence is more modern. Not wild. And you know what the hardest part about this world is like making everything work seamlessly together and not forcing things. And we had twelve thousand years of indigenous history to learn from in in the land of coexisting and harmony and and their own histories of what they have gone through to get there mm-hmm. to that point. Mm-hmm. And we erased it mm-hmm. so disrespectfully mm-hmm. without ever giving. It's just, it disgusts me to no end. And you want to hear some fuck shit? I've only been hearing fuck shit. So we're going to go into the kind of newer times, 1988. Wow, that was like yesterday. I was pretty much born. Congress passed... An Indian Gaming Regulatory Act, which allowed for, quote-unquote, Californian Indians 
as sovereign Indian nations to have a shot at participating in the American dream by opening casinos. 1988. So that was when um, we we were, like the ones you know of, um, Barona, Vieja, Saquon, yeah, those, those are, are all... Yeah, names of tribes. Of those are all names people, of... Bands of people. Yes, of um, indigenous tribes here in San Diego. And that was allowed for them to create money to be a part of our civilization. It was almost as if like, you know what, we stole all this from you. Here you go. Here, a century fucking later. Here, you guys can uh, start gambling on here and like let people do their thing, and you they guys don't. don't get taxed on it, and it's cool, I guess. Like, we I took, guess you deserve that. We took your indigenous lands and made them into a state park. So here's some help to build a casino. So yeah, here you go. Wow. I. It's wild. Like. All of this shit like fucking what? blows my what mind. Fuck? Blows my mind. Like what? A, I want to cry. What a niche mm-hmm. of. Ugh. And if you think about it, it was just another way for our country to do a little roundabout on gambling. Yeah, because there's and only perpetuate very... stereotypes. Exactly, because they... there's very specific parts of the country that you're allowed to gamble, and there's like very like. Got, like specific guidelines in which gambling is allowed. Shit. It is straight up mafia shit. Oh, absolutely. Vegas? We'll get to that. We'll have a whole episode. I love the mafia. My favorite. Wow. They're my favorite people. We have to have a 3-6 mafia episode. Guys. The mafia ran San Diego. <laughs> wow. Wild. So that's going to have to be like San Diego history part two. We haven't even gotten to like oh my the Italian Portuguese situation. Downtown San Diego was full of strip clubs, fucking old ass creepy bars, military <laughs> people, and the mafia. Just people doing whatever the fuck they want. It was only. Becoming serial killers. Yeah. It was only just recently not <laughs> shady because Petco Park was put in. Did you know that? No. Our baseball field changed the game. Without that, it'd still be a seedy little fucking town. That ain't that the truth. It's still fucking seedy, though. But, um... So, you've got a lot to process, everyone. Yeah, you know, we threw out a lot of information. I said Kumiai wrong about 300 times, but what else is new? But you said it right right now. (laughs) I finally did it at the very end of our show. And... We will continue our advocacy by specifically for San Diego. I'm trying to give us some objectives here. I want to keep like, because Adriana and I have talked about like having episodes where we talk about a certain part of the city. Mm -hmm. Like we're just talking about La Mesa, let's Mm -hmm. say for this episode. That means the history of what this land was before it was La Mesa. Not Mm -hmm. just like in 1928, like... Like this cutie pie walk by. <laughs> this cutie pie built a railroad. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> like, we're going to have to, like, this is our accountability because we truly um, love San Diego. And I've always seen myself as a historian of San Diego. Like, I love museum vibes in the sense of old signs from old businesses. And, um, What a privilege to have that history, Mm -hmm. to have it preserved, to have it celebrated, and to have that passion, and then to be completely um, 
blissfully unaware of the histories that I actually am even more passionate about, and it is the true history of this area. So Age and I are going to keep up um, local conversations. Mm-hmm. and Maybe it'll encourage you, if you don't live in San Diego, to potentially look up some information about your town. And totally, because what if you have some glorified site that you grew up loving, and then you Google it for four seconds, and you realize that it's a no-for-you-dog like absolutely absolutely like little did you know it's actually incredibly racist or incredibly something mm-hmm. sometimes we just straight up don't know why because they're hiding it from you mm-hmm. because there was only one form of receiving education that was by going to school only one form of news which you know the news on the television or you got from the newspaper which are the same companies owned by the same people donald trump you know those type oh. of people but now, with the internet, you have more people talking. You got more like-minded human beings saying all of these things. That's why we're all starting to question. They don't like when we start to ask so questions. So we're waking up. We're waking up. Woke. So I want to be part of that. Mm-hmm. And so my crusty eyes are opening. I'm going to end this episode with a word, another word. Tell me. First, we defined flume. But every episode, maybe we're going to have a word I made up. My God. So first I'm going to use the OG word in a sentence. Temper tantrum. So like, <laughs> I have a four-year-old and they had a temper tantrum when I didn't give them a milkshake for a breakfast. Wow. Okay. Then this week, specifically today, January. I, don't even, I literally don't know what date it is. It's like <laughs> the second week of January in 2021. <laughs> Trumper tantrum. I'm dead. Do you like it? Yes. I think I should change it to that forever. Like, I think I'm going to say that too in the context of a, like, I'm such a human temper to trumper. Wow. Trumper tantrum. And then you use it in a sentence. Like, Tell me more. Like, they threw a trumper tantrum when they didn't get their way. <laughs> like, a bunch of people went to DC and threw a trumper tantrum because they couldn't have a milkshake for breakfast. Oh, my God, it's so true. It's so good. And I'm not even going to just use it for Trumpers. I'm going to use it for anyone throwing a temper tantrum because that's how ugly temper tantrums are. I'm just going to say, wow, looks like you're having a Trumper tantrum. I really love that. It's just this, like, vile fit of rage with no rhyme or reason and nothing behind it with, like, face paint and, like, um, fur. (laughs) So that's your word. I love that you're describing that one guy. (laughs) (laughs) Just have to give some historical context. Dude, I love that. Of a trumper tantrum. That's fantastic. Thank you. I'm going to use it all the time. I really enjoy that. Um, Do you want to follow us on Instagram? Oh my goodness. What do I type in? (laughs) At Karma SD Podcast. Love it. Enter. Follow. Follow. We're loving all our new followers. It's great. Thanks we for following us. Cannabis community. It's great. Yeah. So We're really into it. We got a blog. We sure do. What is it? Karma SD Podcast. Wow. Full we have of, all sorts of tabs, dude. We have really fun tabs. So much information. So many things. You I can't have, get enough. 
there's more. You know what's great? Let's say you like can't even listen to the episode, so you're not even hearing this right now. <laughs> Go to the blog. <laughs> you're I just could, envisioning this. I have like a recap, like kind of transcribed of everything that we talk about. And then that way you can sign up and you get an email once a week and it says the episode, what's it about. You can give it a scroll through, see if it's for you. If not, like if you can get an email from Victoria's Secret three times a day, then you can get an email from us once a week, don't you think? Uh, yeah. We have. I'd subscribe to that. We have 43 people. Wow. They, they're loving us. They're wow. thumbs in up in us. We love a thumbs up. So if you're a blogger, get at us. We love that. And, you know, we're going to have community events one day. Yeah. We're just working with the times. We're working with the times, dude. We would love to throw some cool events, but we want, like, lots of people there. So we got to wait for uh, there to be no social distancing. We got to, like, cool it for a little bit longer, and we'll just stick with you virtually in the meantime. Yeah. Um, Don't forget to... Subscribe, give us some five stars, leave a comment on our Apple wow. podcast. Um, Your little bit of loving goes such a long way. It's very, very helpful, and it's just nice to read. Wow. And uh, we will see you next week. Oh, my God. Right? I love you guys. Yeah, we're having a very special guest next week. We love our guests. Oh, my goodness. First uh, special guest of the year. Wow. Well, wow. Put your backpacks away. We're <laughs> back home. <laughs> Take your backpack off. See you later. Bye. <laughs> Put your backpacks away. I'm sure your back's been hurting.